baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And the text line just reeling away. You want a sample? Well, here's a sample. We have this. Referring to the rape suspect, he should not be removed from the country. He should be removed from the earth. Mandatory death penalty. For pedophiles. I know a lot of people who have called for that. Also, we have this. Vince, love your show. How how hypocritical of Biden to stand up there and talk about a 10-year-old having to go to another state to get an abortion. (laughs) When if borders were not open, he might not have been here. Mr. Magoo is an idiot. These people don't have a clue what they're doing except to ruin America and possibly get us into a war with Russia. Vince, the reason this illegal immigrant is still in the country, not in prison, because he raped someone who's not important. If this young girl was the daughter of a politician or someone important, this animal would have been tracked down immediately. The hypocrisy of the liberals is astonishing. Also this, Vince, anyone, not just the illegals who rape a young child, should be castrated so they will never do this horrible crime again. Some very uh, upset people out there, and understandably so. This is very clearly an atrocity. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, it's 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307, in case you would like to weigh in on this particular subject. One of the things that I want to go into, we have... A couple of stories, and I'm sure this is going to get some of you stirred up, but I think it's worth the conversation. And I was intending to talk about this anyway, but we have a very interesting headline today. This one, how should I characterize it, has um, kind of further stirred the issue and the questions that are certainly circulating in GOP circles. 
One of the things that I've made very clear, it's absolutely vitally important that in these midterms, the election, the elections that people go to vote for, for the House and for the Senate, what is happening with our economy, the incompetence, the destructive nature of this president who's in office right now, he needs to be on the ballot. He needs to be the focus of attention. Nothing else. Nothing else. And I would dare say nobody else. Why do I say this? I say this because one of my big concerns is that the Democrats may very well get the distractions that they're looking for. Get a load of this story, released just a few minutes ago from the Washington Post. Trump may announce White House bid this fall, despite GOP fears of disrupting midterm elections. Some Republicans fear Trump announcing he will run in 2024 could undercut them at a time when they have a strong chance of retaking the House and the Senate. But as possible rivals become more aggressive, an increasing number of allies are urging the former president to launch his campaign now as a way to shore up his standing in the party and drive turnout in November's midterms. Oh, my goodness. I'm... Without hesitation, without hesitation, I'm on the side of strongly encouraging this president to stay out and to stay as quiet as possible the next few months. We've already seen what the Democrat Party loves to do with their antics, their dog and pony show with the January 6th hearings. We do not need Donald Trump to serve as the distraction these Democrats want and need. They love distractions. Because while we're talking about January 6th, while we're talking about the 2020 election, we're not talking about the economy. We're not talking about inflation. We're not talking about obscene gas prices. We do not need this distraction right now. The last thing we need. There's a story that's out there that further makes this point. But this is also something reflecting what's going on within the camp. A New York Times Siena College poll shows that Donald Trump's post-presidential quest to consolidate his support within the Republican Party has actually left him weakened with nearly half the party's primary voters seeking someone different for president in 2024, and a significant number vowing to abandon him if he wins the nomination. By focusing on political payback inside his party, instead of tending to wounds opened by his alarming attempts to cling to power after his 2020 defeat, Mr. Trump appears to have only deepened fault lines among Republicans during his year-long revenge tour. A clear majority of primary voters under 35 years old, 64%, as well as 65% of those with at least a college degree, a leading indicator of political preferences inside the donor class, told pollsters they would vote against Trump at a presidential primary. 
Mr. Trump's conduct on January 6th appears to have contributed to the decline in his standing, including among a small but important segment of Republicans who could form the base of his opposition in a potential primary contest. While 75% of primary voters said Mr. Trump was just exercising his right to contest the election, nearly one in five said he went so far that he threatened American democracy. Overall, Mr. Trump maintains his primacy in the party. In a hypothetical matchup against five other potential Republican presidential rivals, 49% of primary voters said they would support him for a third nomination. The greatest threat to Mr. Trump within the party, Ron DeSantis of Florida. Second choice with 25 the only other contender with double-digit support. Among primary voters, Mr. DeSantis, the top choice of younger Republicans, those with a college degree, and those who said they voted for President Biden in 2020. While about a fourth of Republicans said they didn't know enough to have an opinion about Mr. DeSantis, he was well-liked by those who did. Among those who voted for Mr. Trump in 2020, 44% said they had a very favorable opinion, opinion of Mr. DeSantis, similar to the 46% who said the same about Mr. Trump. Should Mr. DeSantis and Mr. Trump face off in a primary? The poll suggests support from Fox News could prove crucial. Mr. Trump held a 62-26 advantage over Mr. DeSantis among Fox News viewers, while the gap between the two Floridians is 16 points closer among Republicans who mainly receive their news from another source. So, the question here for me, is this something to consider? We're going to talk more about this, and there's another item we'll get to along these lines as we continue. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I pretty much got what I expected on the text line. <laughs> the typical um, defensive responses like this one. You should really see a professional. Your TDS is getting serious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. President Trump has to continue to drain the swamp. That means a ton of Republicans. You were talking about him. Therefore, you were distracted. 
<laughs> we also have this. I voted for Trump. Thought he was a great president, but his time has passed. I think he has too much baggage to run again. I'm all in for DeSantis. Maybe Tim Scott or Christy Nome on the VP ticket. Now, what would you like to see for 2024? We are still some time out. Heck, November elections are still some time out. It's like an eternity. Who knows what's going to happen between now and then. So, there is a great deal of mystery that's associated with this issue. A great deal of mystery. So, one of the things we don't want to do is to make a lot of assumptions. Yesterday on the broadcast, we told you about Elon Musk and how he was having a little bit of fun tagging Joe Biden, partially because of his age. But this whole age issue isn't just something that he is taking aim at Joe Biden with. He also says the same about Donald Trump. said it's time for... Donald Trump to sail into the sunset rather than run for president again. And he's saying Ron DeSantis will easily beat Joe Biden if the two square off in 2024. In a series of tweets to his more than 100 million followers, Musk pointed out Trump, who is 76 now, would be 82 by the end of a potential second presidential term. That is too old to be chief executive of anything, let alone the United States of America. Musk also said there was too much drama when Trump was in office. This is the first time Musk, who's also CEO of U.S. government contractors Space Exploration Technologies Corporation, has said Trump should forego another campaign. In an interview with Bloomberg News last month, Musk said he was undecided when asked if he'd back Trump. It was strongly hinted at another run. Now, he's increasingly been vocal about his leanings the past few months. In September last year, he preferred to stay out of politics. His latest musings in response to criticism Trump directed at him this past weekend, a rally in Alaska. (laughs) Referring to Musk's recent assertion that he voted Republican for the first time in June, Trump said this contradicted what Musk has told him. The former president used an expletive to describe Musk and took a shot at the merger agreement with Twitter that he's now trying to terminate, calling it rotten. Musk less pointed in his post about Trump, writing that he doesn't hate the man, calling for Democrats to call off the attack on the former president. During his interview, Musk said he was willing to put roughly $25 million into a political action committee. He tweeted earlier about creating a super PAC to support centrist candidates from all parties. He steadily criticized Biden and Democrats for months calling the president a person beholden to labor unions, the parties undermining his businesses. Biden shrugging off Musk and his gloomy view of the U.S. economy. Last month, he wished the billionaire lots of luck on his trip to the moon. (laughs) I think we know who uh, most Americans would prefer to see go to the moon and likely as a one-way destination. Send us some pictures. We would be glad to see those pictures once you arrive. 
Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. What an interesting time we are in. I'm sure you would agree. Speaking of the atmosphere that we have in the presidential contest, we also have something very interesting that's going on in congressional races and in Senate races. And there's a lot at stake. You know what's at stake in these contests around the country. Ultimately, the control of the House and the Senate for the next couple of years. Does it mean the advancement or the end of Joe Biden's agenda? Essentially making him a lame duck until 2025 when the new president will take office. How is this actually going to play out? That is the question. Another thing we're going to be watching, there are some races in particular we will be watching very, very closely, like this one. Liz Cheney, who's been turned into a superstar by the mainstream news media and the Democrats because of her role in the January 6th committee. You probably need to know about Harriet Hageman. She's a natural resources lawyer in the state of Wyoming. She is running against Liz Cheney. She wants to send Liz Cheney packing. And while Liz Cheney's been involved in all of her antics and entertainment and the dog and pony show with the January 6th committee, Ms. Hageman has been very busy campaigning back in Wyoming. One supporter said, I'm supporting Hageman because everything that I've read about her, she's a true Wyomingite, a real conservative. As for Cheney, this voter says she doesn't live here for starters. She doesn't really represent us, saying she's a constitutionalist, but she believes... Apparently doesn't believe in justice for all, only for the January 6th people. Also this view, she betrayed the voters of Wyoming with her January 6th show trial, according to one local businessman. At this point, Ms. Hageman has refused to acknowledge the 2020 presidential election was legitimate one of several pro-Trump Republicans challenging Cheney in the primary. Hageman is Cheney's main opponent in this contest and right now has been leading in by large margins in several polls. This could be a very, very bad sign for Liz Cheney. While she's courting the media or she's courting other Democrat politicians, Hageman and others back in Wyoming. They are courting voters. And this could be the game changer. And I think many of you would be very glad to see Miss Cheney go. The end of her career. What are your thoughts here? <laughs> Much more as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Stay with us.
couple of stories I want to zip through here before we leave you today. One of them you've probably already heard about. You know, isn't it interesting that so many of these woke corporations find that some of the policies they've been promoting are coming to bite them in the rear end? And they still don't get it, still won't get it, and it may be never get it. Among them, Starbucks closing 16 U.S. stores because of crime and rampant drug use. 16 stores nationwide reporting a surge in drug use among customers and outsiders, as well as an increasing crime in certain areas. Six Starbucks locations. You want to talk about a condemnation of who you are and what you are doing? How about right in the city of Seattle, the hometown of the company? Six, right there in Seattle, closing. Six more in Los Angeles. Two Starbucks will stop operating in Portland, Oregon. And also closures in Philadelphia and D.C. What do all of these wonderful cities have in common, ladies and gentlemen? Not a red city among them. There's really not... Not a single one of these stores that's in a red area at all. Store managers have complained to company executives. Employees have not felt safe amid a surge of assaults, thefts, drug use in and around these locations. The company responded by giving store managers discretion to deny free access to the bathroom. In general, the corporate policy is to allow anyone to use them. And now company-wide. They're rethinking the open bathroom policy over these safety concerns. (laughs) We have to provide a safe environment for all our people and our customers. The mental health crisis in this country is severe, acute, and getting worse. Do you think? Seattle has seen a surge in both violent and property crime. Since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic, Los Angeles seen more people killed by guns during the first six months of 2022 than during the same period in any of the last 15 years. Washington, D.C., 93 homicides already. There were only 82 at this time last year. Two of the stores in Seattle have been unionized, while one restaurant in Portland petitioned to unionize. For whatever that's worth, some of the pro-union activists are accusing the company of intentionally closing stores to punish those that have decided to organize labor. This texter says they don't care about 16 stores. They'll just open more in very busy areas and safer, I'm sure. Doesn't surprise me, Vince. The Pacific Northwest is a cesspool of drug use and homelessness. Pretty tragic picture, is it not? The other story I want to get to, a lawsuit that remains 
technically unresolved. What are we talking about? Woke Oberlin, Oberlin College. They were on the receiving end of a judgment. And now they're facing $4 million in additional interest charges for refusing to pay the damages to the bakery that it slandered. What is this story about? Well, Oberlin College is refusing to pay $33 million in court-ordered defamation damages to a mom-and-pop bakery that it slandered as racist. Gibson's Bakery, struggling to survive after Oberlin College students and Dean of Students Meredith Romando falsely accused the business of racism. And students are continuing to boycott the bakery, even though the allegations have been proven false. To make matters worse, the local Ohio College, they're not paying. They're not paying this court-ordered damage to Gibson's Bakery. Now they're facing $4 million in interest on top of what the school already owes. Earlier this year, three judges on the 9th District Court of Appeals issued a 3-0 to zero decision upholding the 2019 ruling in the case. This is the largest defamation verdict in Ohio history. They were ordered to pay $33 million for defamation. They say that the ex-dean orchestrated a woke mob into slandering the family as racist for calling the police on three black students for allegedly shoplifting a bottle of wine. That money was supposed to be paid to the bakery by April 1st, the college refusing to pay it. Additionally, two of the plaintiffs are now deceased. The owner and his son have passed away. They're still waiting for their money. Now Oberlin is appealing the ruling. This is going to be heard by the Ohio Supreme Court after two lower courts rejected the college's attempts to get out of paying the Gibsons. This is crazy, isn't it? You know, when people get onto something, this is another example that the truth really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what matters is the narrative. And here are folks apparently willing to pay to pay the price of slander, of libel. Pretty sad, isn't it? And then to turn around and leave this bakery twisting in the wind. Just another reminder of who we're dealing with, folks. These are heartless individuals. They don't care about your reputation. They really don't. And even when they are proven to be wrong, they'll continue to fight. And they're probably just waiting and hoping that everybody else in the family dies. I'm just getting real with this, folks. Stay with us. And here we are, the final stretch of the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this Thursday. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. And we go all the way back to 1789. We have George answering questions for us. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Wide awake, except for the guy behind the microphone who keeps yawning. And uh, yawning is contagious, right? Uh, yes, it is, unfortunately. <laughs> 
Let's go back to 1789, and I will tell you this particular facility is part of two of today's questions. I'm just giving you a hint. Okay. It's connected to it anyway. Not, well, the second one kind of indirectly. 1789, the Bastille stormed in this country. That would be France. That would be France indeed. It's correct. 1853, it's an event that draws people from all over the globe. It opened up in New York City in 1853. What is uh, this? The Statue of Liberty? No, the World's Fair. The oh. very first World's Fair, in oh, fact. Oh, okay. 1853. You confused me with uh, when you, your first comment there. Ah, okay. <laughs> we'll come to that later on. By ah, the way. okay. 1881, Sheriff Pat Garrett fatally shot this person, a very famous, maybe infamous person, who is an American cattle wrestler, gambler, horse thief, outlaw, cowboy, and ranch hand? Uh, Billy the Kid? Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> it is indeed Billy the Kid. 1881 is when that happened. I'll bet you know this too. This book came out that really revolutionized parenting for a lot of people. Some would say not in the best way. Common Sense Book of Baby and Child Care. Oh, brother. Yeah, and I think you know who put this out. Who was it? Dr. Spock. Dr. Spock. And a lot of people do not think this was a good development. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> 1951, this park opened. It was named after the first president. What was it? Nineteen fifty one. Obviously it had to be a Washington something. Um it was George Washington National Park. Oh, okay. Nineteen fifty one was the year. Nineteen sixty six. This was a very weird mass murder. This murderer killed people in the medical profession. Do you know who he targeted? Uh nurses. You're right. Eight student nurses he killed. Wow, that yours. was in Illinois, I believe, correct? I, yes, it was, in Chicago. You have most of these correct thus far. Well, you know, I was, you know, the reason I knew about the 1851 or whatever it was, because I was alive back then. <laughs> You're so silly. Uh, 1968, this very famous baseball player and popular player hit his 500th home run. Who did this? 1968. 1968. Oh, oh boy. Ernie Banks? No, it's actually Hank Aaron. Oh, Hank. That was my first up. guess. I should have went with that See, one. See, don't second guess yourself. I know, I know. Let's check your memory here. 2016, a terrorist drove a truck through a celebration in Nice, killing 86 people. Nice, France is where this took place. It was a celebration of what? Uh, what, what day was it? Uh, Bastille they, Day? It was Bastille Day. Ah. Yep. How is that for weird? So we have bookends. The storming of the Bastille in 1789 and Bastille Day terrorism taking place in 2016. Wow. Do you find yourself fascinated by all of the crazy people out there 
who insist on taking dangerous selfies. Yes. Have you noticed these? Yes, I have. It, it's insane. There seem to be a number of these. Uh, it's absolutely crazy. We do want to tell you as well, before we get to this story, about a breaking news story just in... A grand jury has now indicted embattled South Carolina attorney Alex Murdoch on murder charges in the 2021 slayings of his wife and his son. That announcement just out, saying over the last 13 months, lead agents and our partners have worked day in and out to build a case against the person responsible for the murders of Maggie and Paul and to exclude those who were not. At no point did agents lose focus. From the beginning, the priority was to ensure justice served today one more step in a long process for justice for Maggie and Paul. And again, the indictment of Alex Murdoch on charges he murdered his wife and his son. That is breaking news this morning. That's a bizarre story. That, whole that story. story is it's gotten weirder and weirder uh, by the day. And I'm sure it will be a very interesting trial. Uh, to say the very, very least. I uh, made reference to a story that I think I want to save. Because we can't do this justice. No, we'll go ahead and tell you. A tourist fell into Mount Vesuvius. Oh, my. Into the crater after taking a selfie. And the crazy thing is this guy survived. Philip Carroll, he dropped his phone into the volcano crater. It's nearly a thousand feet deep. He got stuck going after his phone. And guides used a long rope to pull him out to safety. 23-year-old guy. Hmm. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, well, that would be one word to describe no, to describe it. Goodness. <laughs> that oh, is, that, my that is goodness. just crazy. He tried to recover this phone. He slipped and slid a few meters into the crater, managed to stop the fall, but he was stuck. Wow. You know, if he had kept going 300 further meters, he would have been a goner. Mm. Pretty crazy stuff, folks. All for a selfie. That's all the time we have here, folks. Thanks for joining us. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.